Have you been attending our Wednesday night study, our class on the books of Genesis, and now we've moved into Exodus? I hope you have been. If you've not been able to come, or if you've been choosing not to come, you've been missing out on some really great discussion. I think a really interesting study about the history of God's people, dating all the way back to creation, of course, in Genesis, but especially talking about Abraham and his descendants and all the things that God did with his people in that time. We've been studying for quite a while from Genesis, and now we're entering into Exodus. And someone might ask the question, why? Uh, why would you bother? Why would you go back there and study those Old Testament texts? After all, that's really ancient stuff. That's talking about stuff that happened thousands of years ago. It's talking about people who lived in a different time and, and lived under different circumstances. After all, here we are, we're, we're in the... Uh, the modern age, you know, and so much is different about our lives than their lives. And what's the advantage? Why would you even bother to study those Old Testament passages? Well, I think we have the answer, and it's not the answer that we've invented. It's what the Apostle Paul himself said in Romans chapter 15, verse 4. He said, for whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning. That's the key right there. There's lots to learn. These things were written for our learning. There are valuable lessons to be gained by studying from Old Testament text. Now, certainly we understand that that Old Testament law is not our law today. Uh, Paul made that clear in Galatians chapter 3, beginning verse 24, when he said, Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But after that faith has come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. you see that? Uh, that's very plain, isn't it? When he says the law was a schoolmaster and we're not any longer under the schoolmaster. For that reason, we would oppose any effort to enforce uh, that Old Testament law on us today. But having said that, we've got to stress again that we gain great insights into God, uh, how God looks at things, how he views things, how he, inter- how he has interacted with humanity throughout the course of time. There's certainly value to studying Old Testament text. With all of that in mind, we want to base our lesson today on an Old Testament text. Our text is going to come from the book of Deuteronomy. I think most of you understand that Deuteronomy uh, basically is a series of farewell sermons that Moses preached to the children of Israel before he uh, was to die, and for the, before the leadership of Israel was to be passed on to Joshua. And so a lot of times we refer to Deuteronomy as the second telling of the law, uh, Moses' farewell address, but it is actually that. It's a compilation of several addresses that Moses made to the children of Israel just before his death. This morning specifically, we want to look at chapter 12 of Deuteronomy. I encourage you to turn your Bibles there. Because in that chapter in particular, Moses deals with with worship and about proper worship and about things to be avoided when it comes to worshiping God. And I think he sets forth some principles there that certainly have valuable application to us today. So turn to Deuteronomy chapter 12 for just a few minutes. We're going to look there and see if we can learn some lessons from Moses about worshiping God. Before we get to that, we stop here for just a minute to say thank you for being with us this morning. Uh, It's so good on a Lord's Day morning to be assembled together to join in singing and prayer and study. In a few minutes, we're going to be observing the Lord's Supper, uh, remembering the death of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Just 
great things to be able to participate in. We're glad that you have an interest in doing that and that you've come this morning to join in that endeavor. Your, pre- your very presence here this morning is an encouragement to all the rest of us. We have a lot of people visiting with us today, and we're so glad that you've come our way, and we want you to know that we appreciate you for being here, and we want you to come back just every time you have a chance to be with us. Come and join us at College View. If you have any questions at all about what we're doing here or why we're doing it this way, please ask. We'll try to give you a Bible answer. We believe that we have a duty to do that, to give a a book, chapter, and a verse, a, a thus saith the Lord, if you will, for all the things that we do here at College View. So if you have any questions, by all means, please ask them. Thanks again for being here today. Let's talk from Deuteronomy chapter 12. Moses gives instructions about worship. And he specifically mentioned some things to avoid. One thing that he said, for instance, was do not attempt to worship God after your own desires. Don't go about this just to please yourself. Worship and I think you will all agree with me about this. Worship is about honoring God. That's what worship is. The very definition of the term suggests that. Worship is about God. It's not about us. And it's therefore not about what we like or what pleases us or what we want. And we should not approach worship just to satisfy ourselves. And Moses warned about that. Do you agree with that statement? That worship is not about us, it's not about what we like or want, it's about God. Do you agree with that? My guess is that the vast majority of so-called, in the so-called Christian religious world would grant that. They'd give nodding approval to that notion, but then most religious people turn right around and start doing whatever they want, serving their own purposes and their own desires. You are, now get this, let us say it very plainly, You are not honoring God when you ignore His expressed will. Can I say that again? You are not honoring God when you don't do what He says and when when you disobey His commands and you do what you want. That's not honoring to God. Worship should be about honoring God. And that being the case, we should not attempt to worship after our own desires. And Moses warned the children of Israel about that. In Deuteronomy chapter 12, now that's our text. We're going to try to take all these verses out of Deuteronomy chapter 12. In Deuteronomy chapter 12, verse 8, he said, Ye shall not do after all the things that we do here this day, every man whatsoever is right in his own eyes. Now, get this. He says, you shall not do something. What is it that you shall not do? He says, you shall not do whatsoever is right in your own eyes. I don't know how that could be any plainer. Can you can you figure out a plainer way to state that principle? You shall not do whatsoever is right in your own eyes. Yet people today do that. And you hear, let me just list uh, several expressions that I've heard that you've probably heard too, coming from religious people of our day. I like it this way better. I like it better, he says. Or, I have this gift and I want to be able to use my gift when I worship God. Now, it may be that what I'm doing is not taught in the Word of God, but it's my gift. I want to use my gift. Or someone says, well, doing it this way is more more meaningful to me. Or someone else says, I just don't relate to that. Talking about some act of worship. This, the fellow says, is more spiritual in my mind. Uh, I, I feel I'm a greater emotional stirring when I do it this way. Or someone else says, well, if we do it this way, we'll be able to attract more people. 
all of those kind of statements and more that you can probably add to that list. All those kind of statements are, are pure rationalization and they are just uh, miserable excuses for rejecting what God has commanded and doing it our own way. And Moses told the children of Israel, don't do that. Don't just do whatever you think is right in your own eyes. And so doing it our own way. Men have always been inclined to do this. It's an old, old problem. Moses said, don't do that, and we can't do that either. Now, get the point that we're making here. We don't live under that law of worship that Moses taught the children of Israel, the one that God delivered to Moses on Mount Sinai. We don't worship after that fashion anymore. We worship after the New Testament fashion, the law of Christ. But there's a principle here. That's what we're trying to draw. There's a principle about worshiping God that Moses taught the Israelites that's still applicable to us. And that is, don't just try to do it the way you like, according to your own desires. Furthermore, Moses warned, don't imitate others in worship. Specifically, don't imitate others' false worship. Now, men kind of get enamored with what they see others doing in worship. Uh, maybe they read after the books of certain authors, or they soak up the philosophy of certain uh, pop religious leaders, and they begin to imitate those things. Uh, maybe they get on the internet and they watch some of these videos that that show the worship of certain contemporary religious groups and so forth. Well, if, if you were to do that, have you ever done that? Have you ever looked at some of those worship activities of some of these pop religious groups? It looks like a lot of fun, someone says. You know, if you look at those people... Uh, they sort of look like they're just having a lot of fun with what they do. And the, and the music they do, you know, the music is a, quite a production in most of those kind of groups. And it, it's very professionally done, and it's, it's exciting. It's exciting when you watch the musical performances. And the speakers, oh, the speakers, man, they are so charismatic. I mean, they just kind of hold your emotions in the palm of their hand. And they have dramas, and they have plays, and they have hand clapping and I tell you, it's an emotionally charged event. I want that. I want, I want us to do like they're doing. Let's, let's imitate that. That looks so good to me. And so the imitation begins. What did Moses say about that? Moses said, don't try to imitate these false religions around you by what they do. Deuteronomy 12 again. Begin reading with me in verse 1. This is, this problem of imitating false religious practice is not a new thing. Moses warned about it. He says, These are the statutes and judgments which ye shall observe to do in the land, which the Lord God of thy fathers giveth thee to possess it. All the days that ye live upon the earth, ye shall utterly destroy all the places wherein the nations which ye shall possess serve their gods, upon the high mountains, upon the hills, and under every green tree. And ye shall overthrow their altars, and break their pillars, and burn their groves with fire. And ye shall hew down the graven images of their gods, and destroy the names of them out of that place... Okay, hang on there just a minute. We're going to go to the next verses here in a minute, or, or some later verses in the chapter in just a minute. What's Moses telling them to do? He said, I want you to wipe the whole idea of that kind of worship out. I want you to completely destroy it. I want you to tear down their places of worship. I want you to destroy their altars. I want you to get rid of it completely. Well, why, Moses? Why is that such a critical thing? Why would you stress that so emphatically? These seem to be pretty emphatic words, don't they? Get rid of that altogether. Well, he goes on to explain. Skip down to verse 29 in that chapter. He says, When the Lord thy God shall cut off the nations from before thee, whether thou goest to possess them, 
and thou succeedest them and dwelleth in their land, take heed to thyself that thou be not snared by following them after that they be destroyed from before you, and that thou inquire not after their gods, saying, How did these nations serve their gods? Even so will I do likewise. Thou shalt not do so unto the Lord thy God, for every abomination to the Lord which he hateth have they done unto their gods. For even their sons and daughters they have burned in the fire to their gods. You get the idea now, don't you? In those first verses we read, verses 1 through 3 of the chapter, he said, I want you to tear down. I mean, literally, physically tear down their places of worship. I don't want, I don't want any of that left. But here in these last verses, he explains the reason why. He, he says it could become a snare to you. He says, I don't even want you to inquire about that. I don't want you to even be curious about what they did. Everything they did is an abomination to God, and I don't want you to have any part of that. Don't imitate them. He said the danger is you'll inquire saying, how did these nations serve their God? Maybe I'll do the same thing. He said, I don't even want you to ask about that. I do not want you to imitate the things that they did. Clearly, Moses understood that there was a temptation to follow after such false things. Unfortunately, history says that the Israelites did imitate the false religions of the people and because they didn't follow through with this right here. They didn't follow through with completely destroying that idolatrous worship in the land. Think about this for just a minute. Again, what we're trying to do is draw parallels here. Think about this for a minute. The Canaanites, the people that the Israelites were going to displace, right, when they took the promised land, the Canaanites probably really liked what they were doing. Don't you imagine that they did? In fact, don't you imagine that's why they worshipped the way they did? Because it was very exciting to them, that it was carnally pleasing to those idol-worshipping people. They really liked it. But God said their practice was a complete abomination to Him. It made Him sick. It was putrid to Him. And He didn't want His people imitating them at all. Again, I think there's an important principle there for us. You know, in our modern day, there's a lot of innovations in worship. And as I suggested to you earlier, if you, if you were to look at and observe the so-called worship practices of some of these modern contemporary groups, it seems very pleasing, pleasing to us. But remember, we're not trying to please us. We're trying to please God. And God warns us about imitating others in worship who are doing things that are not authorized by Him. We need to learn that lesson. A third thing mentioned by Moses here as he's preaching one of these farewell sermons to the children of Israel, was he says, be careful about trying to blend secular activities with worship activities. God had specific rules about formal worship for the Israelites. Right? We know that. Uh, for instance, animals were to only be sacrificed at a specific place that God designated. And we know that Part of their worship was that they would include that there would be a, a sacrificial meal that they would eat in that place. That's mentioned here in Deuteronomy chapter 12, beginning verse 5. He says, "Under the place which the Lord your God shall choose out of all your tribes to put His name there, even unto His habitation shall ye seek, and thither shalt thou come, and thither shall ye bring your burnt offerings and your sacrifices and your tithes, and there ye shall eat before the Lord your God, and ye shall rejoice in all that ye put your hand unto." Ye and your houses, wherein the Lord thy God hath blessed thee. So he's specifying. Bring your sacrifices here. Don't just be sacrificing out there every place. Bring your sacrifices to this specified place. Uh, participate in the sacrificial meal at this specified place. Notice again in verse 14. 
take heed to thyself that thou offer not thy burnt offerings in every place that thou seest, but in the place which the Lord shall choose. So get that. There's worship here. And the worship is to be done this way. This is worship. This is a worship thing. Do it this way. Now notice, in the chapter though, he specified that there will be other times to do other things. In verse 15, for instance, right after he said, you just worship where the Lord says, just at this place. But in verse 15, he says, notwithstanding thou mayest kill and eat flesh in all thy gates, whatsoever thy soul lusteth after, according to the blessing of the Lord thy God, which he hath given thee, the unclean and the clean may eat thereof, as of the roebuck and of the deer. Wait a minute. Now he's saying, well, actually you can kill and eat anywhere you want. We just read, he said, you just bring your sacrifices to the place that the Lord designates. But here he says, but otherwise you can kill and eat out there any place you want. What do you see there? Don't you see that there was a designation between what they did in worship to God and what they might do in their everyday activities? They are worship activities, there are other activities. And they are not the same and they ought not to be blended. That's exactly what he's saying here as he gives these specific instructions. Uh, Really, this is important. And I think we really got to get this point. There's an argument that is made by some people these days that everything we do is worship to God in the broad, general sense. Think about that for a minute. Is everything we do worship to God? Well, depending on how you want to define worship, if worship is offering honor and glory to God, reverence and devotion to Him, then in this very, very broad use of the concept worship, then you could say everything is worship. Well, what people do, though, is that they take that and then they try to apply it to formal worship. And they say, since everything we do is worship, then we can do whatever we want to when we come together to worship. You know? I'm out raking my leaves. I'm worshiping God in the process of, worship, of raking my leaves, someone says. Well, are you worshiping God? Well, in a sense, you're honoring God as you do that work, and you do it in a good way. You're dressed modestly. You're not cursing under your breath every time you have to pile up the leaves. In a sense, you're honoring God by the way you rake your leaves. Someone says, raking leaves, therefore, is worship. Everything we do is worship. That means that when we come together to worship corporately, everything is worship. Anything you do is worship. Therefore, you can do anything you want to when we come together in formal worship. You see how they try to make that argument? And that's actually a, a, a false conclusion. Uh, there are rules for formal worship to God, and we are not allowed to do ever, anything we want. We can only do that which is authorized by God when we come together to worship. And so, in this interesting chapter, I think, Deuteronomy chapter 12, Moses really warns them, don't try to blend that line between secular activities and formal worship to God. I think men today would do well to hear that same warning. Well, finally, one last thing to point out. Moses warns them about adding to or taking from what God has commanded. Throughout the whole book of Deuteronomy, or of Deuteronomy and as we said, sort of a compilation of several farewell sermons that Moses preached, Moses emphasized the importance of following God's commands. I mean, that's repeated over and over again in the book of Deuteronomy. If we count it right, over a hundred times in the book of Deuteronomy, God's command or the word command or some form of that word command is found in the book of Deuteronomy. Obviously, there's a whole lot of emphasis on what God commanded. Uh, 
here in chapter 12, he ended this section on worship by saying in verse 32, What things soever I command you, observe to do it, thou shalt not add thereto, nor diminish from it. Need any help understanding that? He says, what I've commanded you to do, do that. Don't add to it. Don't take anything from it. Uh, that's pretty plain, isn't it? But again, and, and I think the application is to us as well. We don't worship under that same law. But we worship the same God. And the principle that he sets forth here is, do what I told you to do, and don't add from it, and don't take anything from it. But today, of course, that's almost totally ignored by people in the religious world. Uh, they feel a, a freedom to innovate, uh, to change, to even legislate rules for, the, for their religious groups. And that's what, that's just, is just what's stunning when you think about it, when various religious denominations hold their conferences and their synods, and they actually take votes and legislate rules and laws. How can they do that when the principle of God so plainly set forth is don't add to, don't take from the things that I have commanded? Here Moses ends his sermon on worship in Deuteronomy with that kind of concept. But you, but again, the principle is applicable to us. And I remind you of what Yancey read for us earlier. It's interesting, his sermon here ends with this. The New Testament ends with a similar warning in the book of Revelation, chapter 22, verse 18. I testify to every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book. If any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. That kind of a warning is just pervasive throughout the Bible. Don't add to, don't take away from the things that God commands. Well, here we are, thousands of years after Moses appealed to the children of Israel about their worship. But the the things he warned them about still apply to us, although we worship under a different law. The things he told them to be careful about are still applicable to us. Don't attempt to worship after your own desires. Don't imitate the people around, the false religions around. Don't try to blend your secular and your social things uh, with with your worship. And don't take to take away from or add to the things that are commanded. I think those are valuable principles for us to learn and apply. Thanks for your good attention to what we've had to say. and hope it's helpful. We're going to end our lesson with a song of invitation, as we always do. This has not been a lesson that encourages someone to obey the gospel, but there might be those here who desire to do that. We'd be glad to assist in your obedience. We'd be glad to study with you more if you need that. The simple plan of God for our salvation is hear the truth, believe it, repent of your sins, confess your faith in Jesus, be baptized for the remission of sins. If we can help in that, let us know. If we can study with you, let us know. If you're a Christian, but you've not been faithful to your Lord, if you need to confess, be brought back to Him. We'd be glad to join with you in prayer and make your life right with Him if you let us know. How can we help? Let us know while we stand and sing this song.